Listening Dog Media. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Offside Rule. We get it with Lindsay Hooper. Hello and welcome to a festive edition of the Offside Rule podcast. It's our final one before Christmas and we are going to take a week's break later. So we're going to make sure we make the most of this broadcast. Three topics for us to discuss. I've got Hayley McQueen and Kate Borsay joining me, Lindsay Hooper, to discuss three footballing topics once more. I'm back, ladies, from Malaysia (laughs) with a tattoo, but don't let my mum listen to this podcast. Um, (laughs) Let's just first... You've stuffed yourself now. You've totally stuffed yourself now, Lindsay. Don't anyone tell my mum. Right, let's talk about, uh, first of all, it's It's four hearts. And it does have another meaning. Not four hearts as in four hearts football club. (laughs) No, I haven't done it for a footballing reason. Although football can represent one of the hearts for one of my loves. There you are. Uh, But actually, my my grandparents' last name was Love, so I wanted something that represented love. It's all getting a bit... bit much now. Uh, anyway, we'll go on. Can you tell the real story that you could eat, that you could eat a, eat some food if you got a free tattoo if you ate some food at a bar. It wasn't about your grandparents' love. It was about the fact that you got a free tattoo when you were away on holiday. So the truth is, I'm in Bali and they do Taco Tuesday and a free tattoo. Yeah, really good Bali uh, tattoo artist though. Just in case Mommy's listening. Very clean, sterile. Um, Anyway, we're going to go on to talk about football and Christmas. First of all, I wanted to say happy Christmas. We need three different ways of saying happy Christmas. I'm going to go happy Grimbo. Happy Christmas to you. Joie Noël. Excellent. I just put you on the spot with that. Um, Remember that you can listen to the Offside Rule podcast every Monday it's released. And we have a Twitter account, which has been going great guns, at Offside Rule Pod. Tweet us, give us your feedback, and I'm sure we'll reply. Uh, We now have a Facebook page as well, ladies. Facebook.com forward slash Offside Rule Pod, because it all ties in nicely. Um, So we can get a few likes on there, and we'll get some pictures, I think, from our our listeners of them playing football, things like that for the new year. There are going to be some new additions in the new year, but I think we should just talk football for now, and we'll remind people at the end of those. The female take on football. So let's start off with topic number one. The January transfer window looms. I love transfer windows, mainly because of your colleague, Hayley Jim White. He makes me laugh. Um, but we're going to go with three transfer picks. You can say who you think they're going to leave and who they're going to go to. General speculation. But three each, please. And I'm going to start. Um, it's a shame Zoe's not here, otherwise I'd gone down the Chewbacca route and said we'll start with the Chewbacca person first. <laughs> But we'll go with Kate. <laughs> Thank you. So I've picked out a few. Um, the first one to mention, looks like it's going to happen anyway, but Daniel Sturridge heading over to Liverpool. Um, fallen out of favour at Chelsea, hasn't he? He had that really good run on loan for um, Bolton and has never really had the consistency of selection at Chelsea to really do anything. Um, he's had a slight injury, so he's certainly not done anything recently. Looks like he's not in Benitez's plans. Um, so he'll go uh, to Liverpool for quite a few million pounds, something around 12 million. Um a bit of a risk. My, my only concern with this is obviously you've got Suarez as your first choice striker. You've got Sturridge as well. I think Liverpool need a bit of maturity. I think Liverpool need uh, someone like, you know, back in the old days, a Larson who came into Manchester United and just just shored it up a bit. Um, so if Sturridge does go to Liverpool, Chelsea are going to be desperate for a striker because they're going to find themselves in the same position as Liverpool now with only one first choice striker, Fernando Torres. Um, is he a striker at the moment? 
I think he's trying to be a striker, isn't he, at the moment? He scored two, didn't he? He scored two recently. I know, but he just he's, he just is not doing it at the moment. He's just still not doing it. But anyway, so they will need to get someone else in. Um, lots of lots of talk. Now, this is probably fantasy talk, but we can indulge in this for a little uh, while. Atletico Madrid's Falcao. How brilliant would it be to have him in the Premier League? He's got a £48 million release clause, according to reports that I've found. <laughs> Surely that has got to start looking more and more attractive to Abramovich. Uh, well, Abramovich apparently is keen and wouldn't mind paying that release clause. I mean, it doesn't surprise us if you can pay £50 million for Torres. But surely that would indicate the end of Torres. No, because he needs two first-choice first strikers. I was listening to a debate on the radio, and I, maybe I've missed something here, but it seemed to insinuate that Benitez, one of the main reasons for Benitez coming to Chelsea was Torres. Yes, he's had experience. Yes, he's won the Champions League. But a massive draw for um, Abramovich with Benitez was Fernando Torres, which seemed bizarre to me to base it all, all on one player. But this is the player, remember, last season who faltered badly, and Abramovich assured him and pretty much made it the kind of general remit at the club that he would build a team around Torres. Do you think Torres came to Abramovich in a dream? Do you think he's got some sort of mystical hero-type status there? Because Abramovich is putting an awful lot of emphasis on just one player. I think he's his Spanish love child. Controversial, Lindsay Hooper. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, Falcao to uh, Chelsea, possibly. Wanted to mention Jack Butland. Now, normally, I wouldn't mention a 19-year-old keeper for Birmingham. Um, he, he's, he's obviously... Yes, you would. You'd always mention a keeper for Birmingham. <laughs> this is I have so many allegiances with this, but because I know that he is a special player, and believe me, he will be an England international one day, hands down. Um, but I mention him because, um, obviously, Birmingham are in the process of uh, trying to be sold at the moment that they're basically in financial stuck and um, there needs to be some urgent finance bought in there. If uh, if Blues fail to be taken over, then there's a chance that Butland may go. Um, it's not a usual one for a January transfer window, but he may want to get out sooner rather than later. If he doesn't go in January, he'll definitely go at the end of the season if Birmingham continue. In, in fact, regardless of that, I think he'll definitely go in, go in the summer. Uh, Liverpool, Arsenal, both, uh, both rumoured to be coming in for him. I think it would be a wise buy uh, for Liverpool as... Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, of course I do. As a good deputy for Pepe Reina as he um, kind of moves into the swan song of his career. The other person to mention very quickly, Wesley Snyder. He's having this big contract bust up um, with Inter. And if that isn't resolved, there is a good chance that he'll just go, do you know what? Stuff you, and off I go. He was linked with Manchester City, of course, at Manchester United, forgive me, in the summer. I, I have a feeling he's at that age where he needs to just make a move now. And if he has a little bit of a Schneider hissy special, I think he could be making his way over. We always do this. We, we set a number and then we always Sorry. give a little extra, Sorry. don't we? Three plus, have you got a three plus one or have you got a three? <laughs> I think I might have a three plus one. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Right, Haley, yeah. over to you. Um, yeah, do you know what? Going with that Wesley Schneider, every single year for the last three, four seasons, I think, I'd hoped that Schneider would come to the Premier League and perhaps come to Manchester United when they needed that help in midfield in particular. And yeah, OK, United signed Owen Hargreaves, but they could have probably had <laughs> Schneider. Oh, dearie me. He pops up a little bit later as well in my uh, Santa's sack. He's still alive. He's somewhere, believe it or not. I... Oh. When you say Santa's sack, all I can all I can think of is those cycling shorts <laughs> and his YouTube videos. Bless yeah. him. Yeah. Aww. 
But yeah, so it be, would be quite nice to have Snyder over here finally because, you know, he's, he's knocking on a bit. He's in his late 20s now. I mean, how old is that? <laughs> um, you did mention Falcao. Of course, he was one of those on my list. You cannot ignore this man. Um, in the form of his life, 17 La Liga goals in just 16 games. Only Lionel Messi has a better record. Apparently, as you said, um, there have been bids of £48 million to Atletico. At Chelsea, well, they appear to have sort of stolen a march in, in sort of, you know, hoping to sign him in January. So I think come January, there is going to be a bit of a bidding war for him. And I think he could be one of the best signings uh, that a club would make and one of the most expensive uh, as well. Another man who's impressed me, Robert Lewandowski. Uh, Polish hitman doesn't seem to be too happy with life in Germany at the moment. It's rumoured that Manchester United could be interested in him, as could Manchester City. I think if one team comes in and states their interest and that it looks like he could be on his way uh, out, then I think he could possibly come to an English club and come to the Premier League. I think he would fit in very well. £20 million apparently would be enough to get Dortmund talking. There you have it. Uh, He's only 24. He scores on a regular basis. What more could you ask? But is he worth it? 32 goals in 58 games um, before his £5 million move to Dortmund in 2010. So it seems like a bit of a bargain there. Is he an Andre Arshavin in disguise? mm. Yeah, that could happen, couldn't it? Possibly. I, I do find that a lot of the, the Eastern Europe players sometimes have difficulty adjusting to the Premier League pace to begin with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you found that before, but like, you know, your Podolski came here with a lot of uh, a lot of expectation and you, you oh, also... <laughs> yeah, and also Pog, you know, for Reading. I mean, he's not really been on firing on all cylinders. He, I'd put him in that bracket, would you not? Yeah, quite possibly. He, he's definitely he's definitely a talent. I, I I'd, I'd put him above that definitely. Um, but as I said, is he an Andre Arshavin in disguise? So much potential, a lot of goal scoring. You know, he he's playing really really well in well in the German league, and he impressed during the Euros as well. I think didn't he? But um, but yeah, interesting. I, I was just about to say actually better for country than for club sometimes. Although mm. obviously he's found his his. Um, comfort zone where he is at the moment but whether the Premier League would be a place for him I don't know I think the Premier League would be but maybe not one of the big clubs maybe not a Chelsea or a Man United or or a City a Newcastle a Newcastle that sort of club a mid what about an Aston Villa I think I could see him fitting in at Aston Villa I don't think he'd come and join Aston Villa though would he I don't think his aspirations belong with Aston Villa and Newcastle I think if he comes over here he's going to want one of the big clubs I just don't think he's going to want anything less Exactly. Right. Uh, another man. Um, but I would still quite like him here because I've enjoyed watching him. So there we have it. It's from a purely selfish, selfish point of view. And he's young. So it's great to have young talent coming over in the prime of his life. Um, right. David Villa. This could be exciting, couldn't it? OK. £35 million pounds he went Bargain. for. Bargain. Yeah. From Valencia two years ago. Uh, But apparently they're looking to sell him. 31 years old he is. So, yes, he's got a good few years left in him. Um, And he must be about half that now. So if he went for 35 million, 31 now, someone could get him for about 18 million, do you reckon? Cut price David Veer. Bargain. Okay. Injury record, though, that isn't great. That's what you've got to worry about. So you're paying for somebody who could potentially not be playing a full season for you. That is the problem. One of the best strikers in the world on his day. That's the other issue. 
the return of 53 goals for Spain and just 85 caps. I'd read that stat. I hadn't realised it was as high as that in that wonderful Spain side. But uh, they're looking, apparently, the Catalan club, for a fee of around 15 million. I don't think he'll go for 15. I think he'll go for quite a bit more than that. And I think they would be happy to let him go. And I, again, would love to see him here in the Premier League. Yeah, I think that would be a brilliant move. Um, Chelsea? No, I don't think he'd go to Chelsea. I think he would perhaps... I think maybe City. Mm. I think he'd be a good fit at City. Yeah, City. Or they would be willing to pay the money. Liverpool could really do with a player like David. I think he would fit in brilliantly. I think he would play brilliantly for the side. I just think looking at all the other sort of um, foreign players that they have there, I think he'd find himself at home. I'm gonna I'm gonna plump for Chelsea here. Rafa Benitez, Spanish manager, Spanish player, Torres, Spanish player. I I I, th- I think he fits. I don't think Liverpool will pay that pay that money for him. To be honest, Liverpool won't go for him because of the injury crisis that could potentially be there. Because Liverpool can't afford to fork out that sort of money on a player for them to be sat on the bench. Yet Manchester City can, Chelsea can. But uh, for me, I think Manchester City. I think him linking up with Silver, for, for instance, would be a great partnership. But anyway, um, my three are also. Stri- I know that notice that there's a striking mm. trend. Uh, of course, the January transfer window. It's usually like we were talking before the podcast Kate uh, it's a defensive crisis or it's a, a striker crisis and so I'm, I'm going to go for three strikers as well uh, very publicly known that Paul Lambert uh, has said that Darren Bent is disgruntled at Aston Villa um, he's obviously been bringing on the youth of Aston Villa and these youngsters are doing very well and I'm also going to refer to Aston Villa a little bit later on in our next topic um, however Darren Bent I think will leave uh, Villa Park I think he will go to somewhere like Potentially Fulham. You know, Andrew Johnson has um, got all these injuries. Maybe someone like Martin Yol would pick up Darren Bent. So that's just me being speculative because there are nothing, uh, no no kind of re- uh, realities to those claims, by the way. But I'm, that's just me speculating. Um, the other player, this is the one for you, Kate, potentially Liverpool, if it hadn't have been so clear cut that Daniel Sturridge is going to happen. Nicholas Anelka. Nicholas again. Anelka coming back. back, back, back yes. We've already had him. Well, mind you, so is pretty much every other club in Europe. <laughs> um, um, I don't think Brendan Rodgers would go for Nicholas Anelka in a million years. Sorry. I think Nicholas Anelka will be returning to the Premier League. Um, like you, Kate, I don't think it will be Liverpool, actually. I just was throwing that into the mix because he's older. He's been there. He likes to return. Um, I actually think it will be someone like QPR. Yeah, I could see him going there. And I think the QPR fans would be delighted. And actually, coming back to London, you know, that could be the big tempting thing for a player like that. And of course, they do have the money and they desperately, desperately need to really pick themselves out of trouble. And if they do not make signings in January, I think that's it. And I was convinced that both of you would have mentioned this one, sitting as I was going last, because he's the big transfer rumour for January, but nobody mentioned him. Wilfred Sahar, uh, Crystal Palace. Not going anywhere. I honestly think that Ian Holloway will hold on to him. Mm. But in my speculative world, and if I was going to say that anyone would get him, I think he's going to Arsenal. Oh, OK. okay. That, that was my, my, my hunch with it all. We should also just mention Walcott. The reason why why I haven't sort of broached it is I think he will stay at Arsenal. I think he he will probably more than likely um, play that striker role at Arsenal. He proved himself, didn't he, against Reading the other night? And I think that 
that looks good for him. And, and if, he's, if he has some assurances from Wenger, he will stay. I think that's what he's waiting for the line in the contract to say exactly where he wants to play and have it down in writing before he signs. We'll move on to our next topic. Uh, rattle through this one if we can, girlies. No three plus ones. Uh, let's go for <laughs> Premier League, climbers and decliners. I think we're going to choose a couple each over the festive period. We've looked at runnings and uh, the, the fixture list. Now, this podcast is coming out on Monday, Christmas Eve. Um, so th- this is going to overlap slightly, but let's just do it as we are recording now. Um, I'll start off for you, if you like, because I've already m- alluded to the fact that I'm choosing Aston Villa. I am going with them. I think they are going to move up the table over the Christmas period. Their fixtures include Chelsea away, Spurs at home, Wigan at home and Swansea at home. Three home fixtures and I think they've got a minimum of two wins in them with that, with their youngsters. Um, I honestly think that this team's gelling together. Uh, They're starting to understand what Paul Lambert wants and I think come into the new year they're going to go on a bit of a run. However, I will put a caveat with that, that I think the youth in this side and the lack of experience means that towards the end of the season they are going to falter again. So that's my hunch with Aston Villa. Um, And my other team that I'm choosing... Uh, who went great guns at the start, and I don't really know which way to go with this. I think they're either going to go brilliant guns and, and end the season on a real high as the top Merseyside club. Sorry, Kate. <laughs> or I think that they're going to go on a bit of a decline, and it all goes with this Marouan Fellaini incident and whether that unhinges Everton slightly. But Everton, of course, have done so well. We know they don't have money to spend. We know that they are going to rely on loan signings, if anything, or if any signing, there'll only be a minimum of perhaps one. So I think uh, the Fellaini incident, could that moment of madness unhinge Everton slightly? Let's look at their fixtures. West Ham away. Could get some points from that. Wigan at home, certainly can. Chelsea at home and Newcastle away. I think Newcastle certainly have got something to prove at the moment because they've been in trouble. And I don't think Newcastle have been particularly playing badly. They've just not had the spine of the squad in shape. So... That could all come together. I think they perhaps will have one win, maybe a couple of draws in there. But Everton may be starting to falter or potentially, like I'm saying, could actually get more points and, and be top Merseyside club. So Everton are the ones to watch for me. Uh, Hayley, we'll go with you next. Yeah, I'll keep this uh, very brief. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Newcastle. They're going to have to start picking up some results. They've been on an abysmal run for quite some time. Uh, just a one win, I think, in the last 11 games in total. Uh, yeah, I think that is right. Uh, against uh, Wigan, that was at home, the 3-0 win. They've had defeats to Manchester City at home, away to Fulham. Of course, there was Bordeaux uh, as well. So I'm throwing in not just the league games here, but when we concentrate on the league, particularly over the Christmas and New Year period, they're at home to Queen's Park Rangers. This is probably going to have happened by the time this goes out, but I am predicting, you can all laugh at this if it doesn't happen, they're going to get a result with that. They have such great strikers and I think with the likes of like your bars and your CSAs and stuff, I think they'll just continue. If they can keep hold of their players in January in particular, they need to go on a really good run over Christmas and New Year and give their players something uh, to stay around for. Uh, they have fixtures against Manchester United away. I think, I'm not going to say that Manchester United are struggle against Newcastle, but they always come unstuck against teams. 
like a Newcastle. So I think that could be the one. That may be a draw there, I'm predicting. Uh, they've got Arsenal away as well. Could be a tricky one, but then they're back at home to Everton uh, and I think they're going to do something there. But back-to-back defeats um, for three games in a row just isn't good enough for a side like Newcastle, who started off with so much promise, started off firing on all cylinders and have just kind of faltered and don't seem to be going anywhere. Um, the other ones for me, uh, Norwich. I think Norwich... 10-game unbeaten run, I think it is at the moment in in the league. Is that right? Um, I absolutely love Chris Hewton. I think he's just not only a brilliant manager, but a wonderful man. Like to see him do well. Uh, And I think Norwich, unfortunately, are going to go on a bit of a a bad run. I think too many fixtures, too close together over a period like this uh, could be where they falter. Uh, They have games against uh, West Brom away. They're at home back-to-back. However, they're against Chelsea and Manchester City. I can't see them beating Manchester City. They've already scalped a big club. Two I mean, big clubs. T- well, two, yeah, of course, yeah. I'm just thinking of just the one big, there's only one big <laughs> club in my world. Um, and then they have a West Ham away. I think they're going to get something against West Ham uh, as well. So I think at Norwich, uh, yes, they have done great things against big clubs already this season. They are on a high. I don't think it's going to last. So I think the Norwich and Newcastle are going to be very contrasting sides who've been in very different form and one is going to turn it around and the other is going to kind of flatline. So that's it from me. It's all about the ends for you, isn't it? I'd also picked out Norwich um, to falter slightly and I agree with what you're saying there, Hayley. Two big visitors over the festive period despite the fact that they've already uh, turned over both Manchester United and Arsenal at home. So we know that at home is good for Norwich. They have got uh, Chelsea and City. I'm actually going to be at that City game as well. So I hope that they do something. The support there is certainly unfaltered. So look, if anyone's going to do it at home, then perhaps Norwich are. I've picked out Arsenal, actually. I think Arsenal are going to emerge from the period unscathed. I think that they're on a bit of a a high at the moment. I think that they'll keep World Cup, but they've also re-signed, of course, the likes of uh, Jack Wilshere, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, etc. I think that they're going to overtake take Spurs. If I'm to look at the table, I think Arsenal will find find themselves in fourth uh, by the end of the period. They won't overtake Chelsea, though, I think. Um, They've got one game less than everyone else because their Boxing Day uh, game has been postponed. So whilst point-wise that won't move them up dramatically, it does mean that they've got an extra bit of rest in there as well. Um, So that's what I expect from Arsenal. Norwich, we've already mentioned. Swansea, I think uh, Swansea are going to enjoy a good period um, over this December uh, and January. They had a great start to the season they looked like they were going to go wrong it all looked like it was going to go terribly messy but they've come back from that um at one point they were unbeaten in six they've had a few hiccups in december i'd expect them to go steady eddie and and i'd expect them to overtake norwich and west brom in the middle of the table potentially to find themselves seventh or eighth by the end of the period the female take on football Let's go for Santa's sacks. Can you rattle and shake your Santa's sacks, girls? Because what we're going to do is we're going to dish out some presents. I'm going to let you both be Father Christmases, along with myself. And we're going to dish out some prizes um, and well-thought-out gifts to different Premier League players, managers, whoever you want to. Um, i tell you what, I'll start us off. Um, I'm going to give Maro Anfellaini some frizzies. Oh, oh, oh I love his hair, but yeah, just tame it slightly. And <laughs> mind you, I'm sure after the headbutt, they were very grateful. Ryan Shawcross um, really liked the cushioning. Um, Petter Cech, I wanted to get him a new head guard. He's had that same head guard since that accident. <laughs> and I just think he needs a new one, maybe a festive red one. So I'm going to dish out that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, Joey Barton, an obvious one. Rosetta Stone, obviously learning some French. Uh-huh. I didn't want to do that one too, obviously, because I know that if I'm in France uh, in the in the next 12 months, I will do exactly the same where someone will come over to my table and I'll go, uh, hello, I would really like uh, a bottle of wine, please. And I try and do it in a different accent. I always do what, that. Like, what, like Welsh? <laughs> I'm also no good at accents. Um And then my final one, because I'm rattling through. Please, please, please. I'm going to dish out my one, one Christmas gift. A publishing book deal for Mario Balotelli. Who doesn't want to read that book, ladies? Um, So, okay, I'm going to hand over. Who, hand up. Who wants to go? Hayley. Mine is a list. Some of them are quite unrealistic because they can't be bought. But it's a wish list and Santa can do magic things, can he? (laughs) Yeah? Um, The first is realistic. I would like a nice pen for Theo Walcott to sign his contract and just stay at Arsenal. Join your boys and your friends who are already going to be staying and have committed their futures to the side. There's five of them. Come on, get signing. Um, I would like hamstrings for Michael Owen. (laughs) (laughs) A new set. A new set of hamstrings for Michael Owen. Uh, On the Owen theme, I mentioned him a little bit earlier, a lifeline for Owen Hargreaves. Somebody pick him up somewhere. Let's have at least one season from him. He's just disappeared. He's just running around his back garden. He's got a gym in his front room, perhaps, and he's just uh, yeah, trying his hardest to, to, to keep fit and hope that somebody somewhere may give him a deal. Oh, along with that, can you give him a YouTube account? Oh, he's got one. I think yeah. that was yeah. his. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'd like to give um, Carlos Tevez a tram pass to get himself round uh, the Manchester streets. Oh. I was there the other day and I used the tram and I thought this is a very nifty way of getting around the city because he's been uh, banned from driving and how well had his car impounded and what have you. And there's a few people in the northwest who could do with a tram pass to get the way around Manchester who are in trouble. He'd probably prefer a chauffeur, but no. Bring him back down to earth. So you did, You definitely said tram pass, not tramp ass. Yes, yeah. <laughs> the tramp ass as well. And the other one is, along the hair theme, you've gone with Fellaini, some clippers for meet you. Sort that hair out, <laughs> shave it off, get rid of your beard. You might think it's OK, but over here in Britain, I like a clean-cut man with tidy hair. OK, Kate. Yeah. I'm going to buy several strikers a hair transplant. Is it me? But since Wayne Rooney has had his hair transplant, he seems much more settled, much more happy. And I can prove it with his performance stats as well. Before the hair transplant, he had a goal every 2.7 games. I like to prove my points, folks. Uh, After the hair transplant, uh, he had a goal every 1.3 games. This season, a goal every 1.8 games. It's proven. It works. If you get a hair transplant, hair works for strikers. Let's, Let's think about Fernando Torres in his heyday. He had long hair at Liverpool. He cut off the hair at Chelsea. had a disastrous time. The hair's now growing back again. Hopefully he's on the way to better things. So I'd like to buy Demba Barr and Papisiso, who aren't gelling as well as they could do this season, a hair transplant each. I'd like to buy Darren Bent a hair transplant as his goodbye present as he makes his way to another club. Merry Christmas, lads. Thank you, girls, and a very Merry Christmas to you. Thanks for all your podcast activities over the last few weeks. And the Offside Rule podcast will continue in the new year. We're going to have some new voices, some new additions, giving you some roundups from around the world of football. Uh, remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Offside Rule Pod. Also, there is a Facebook page which you can like. Please do. That is my Christmas wish from me to you. Uh, Facebook.com forward slash Offside Rule Pod. And of course, we will return in 2013 with plenty more football topics to discuss. In the meantime, we wish you a Merry Christmas. And a we Happy New Year. Year.
the offside rule. We get it with Lindsay Hooper.